Hello, and welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I am Steven, and with me as always is Brandon J. Flippin, bringing you episode 102 of the podcast. Dude, what a milestone it is. You already blew it. You don't say 102. It's 102. Unbelievable. We start no, off one's... the episode, and you already ruined grammar. Well, did you see what I put on Instagram yesterday? I just made like a bajillion mistakes and i just <laughs> i i didn't see it yesterday but i saw you uh <laughs> this morning posting stories saying i'm not gonna get any better at proofreading so yep yep that's exactly what it was so i my favorite song of all time i've said this several times in the show is the jeff buckley version of hallelujah and i had for some reason had never watched the live version of it which i don't know why i love watching like live uh versions of my favorite songs so i came across that and then I posted something, and I, I forget what I said, but it was grammatically incorrect. I think I spelled something wrong, and then I tried to correct it, and I spelled something wrong in that message, too, and yeah, I just turned into a whole... Uh, I don't really... <laughs> this is probably a bad thing about me, but I'm, I'm not good at proofreading sometimes before I post something. <laughs> oh my god, that's, I can just, you know, I'll just deal with it. That's the understatement of the century. All right? That's not even before you <laughs> post things. That's like... All of your text messages, <laughs> everything. I've pretty much gotten to the point now where I'm just like, I'm going to stop correcting. I'm just going to try to figure out what he's trying to say because this is going to take. This takes up way more time than I'm wanting to put into this. <laughs> trying to make sure it's all correct. I mean, yeah, you're kind of right. It's a, uh, it's deba- like it's complete debacle whenever I try to use grammar. Uh, speaking of Instagram stories, I posted one. Uh, a poll and I, I figured I'd bring it to the podcast because I thought it might be something that uh, would be a good conversation uh, to have. Uh, I posted, I, I don't know if you remember this. Um, it was something along the lines of, does it matter to you? Uh, do you care about being a significant person, whether it be to a partner or to just people in general? Does that like matter to you in your life? And, I guess just to hear your thoughts. I, I think you voted yes, if I remember correctly. But mm-hmm. I just uh, to break it down, what what are, what are your actual thoughts on this? Well, I think it partially depends on the person. Like, it, I, I care more about it with certain people than other people. Like, if just random person on the street, I'm just walking about enjoying my day. I don't really give a shit if that person thinks, wow, that uh, that guy over there his hat looks stupid like that that doesn't really that doesn't really matter to me but in terms of like feeling significant i i like the feeling of feeling significant and i especially with someone who i think like if i'm in a relationship with someone it's important to me to feel like the words of affirmation and to feel like i am valued in that sense so that is important to me and i think that you can have that standard if you can do the same for other people if you can like show those other people that you mattered to them i think that's a big part of it so yeah at least for me so do you think that if you let's say that you went through life and you never i guess had that feeling that people thought of you as significant do you think that you'd be really upset by that probably just thinking about it i think that would bother me because my my mission is like to leave behind a legacy. So I feel like it would be, even though I hate to say this because it's sort of, 
I, I don't even like putting this thought out there, but it it matters to me to a certain extent, like what legacy that I can leave behind. So I guess I can't completely say I don't care about people's thoughts of me because to a certain extent I do. Also, are you messing with the color on your screen? No, I think it's uh, <laughs> it's just the, the way that the light's flashing. No, okay. I was just like, wow, this uh, this lighting is... I'm getting fancy on you guys. Dude, it is. I got to figure out how to fix my lighting. That was one of the things. I started watching a video on it, and I realized that I need to make mine look less faded out. And I, I, I learned that wearing black, which I'm doing right now, uh, it's a bad idea because it makes you look more grainy. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. All things you learn. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 uh, the reason I posted this question is I feel like there has to be – and I, and I talked to somebody on Instagram, Miguel, who is a, a fan of the show. <laughs> we, we had like a really long, deep conversation about the, the idea of being significant. And also as a follow up, uh, the fact that it's really not something that you can control. Because when we talk about other people and how they perceive us or how they value us, um, we can definitely influence it. But we're, we're not in control of other people's thoughts of us. So part of me thinks, well, if it's something that we can't control, how much stock should we put into it? How much should we really care about it? Um, not that it's an excuse not to, uh, not to be a good person. I'm not saying that at all, but, um, should it really be like something that we quote unquote strive for? Um, or is there a middle ground where you can be apathetic to those who don't find you significant, but also when you are found significant by somebody, you do care about it? So, but his his argument was that if you care about it, you're going to care about it whether they they find you significant or not. You can't shut it off for people that don't find you significant and then turn it on for people that do find you significant. And my thing is, why can't you? Is there something that psychologically we can tap into to, to like, uh, filter out the, the stuff that is irrelevant and then filter in the stuff that is meaningful. And I feel like you should be able to do that. Well, I think what makes this idea so difficult to get to the bottom of is even just within significance of things, like I, there might be a band to me that's so significant. And if I see the members of it, I'm like, oh my God, it's these guys. Uh, Whereas someone else, those same guys would mean absolutely nothing. (laughs) Like just, they wouldn't care at all. And like the same thing goes for like, I, I know a little bit about pop culture, but there's like a lot of pop of pop culture I know pretty much nothing about, and I could see someone who might be really significant to someone it means nothing to me. And I feel like the same thing goes for messaging. I mean, look, there's a bunch of different religions in the world where someone swears by a certain religion while this person thinks that the whole thing is made up, and that just shows you the radical difference between every single person. And there is no, there is no just objective like perfect thing where everybody is in alignment everyone is in sync and just says this person this thing is significant like there's always been controversy behind this before and i feel like that's like a really like big way of looking at it but i feel like the same thing applies to every little 
interaction that we have among people where even just look at who we find I might find someone to be the most attractive person ever to me and you might think that they're just average and that feels weird but is that really a, a is that a fault on you or a fault on me or fault on the person I don't know well well then with this logic let me ask you this since since uh, we've talked about leaving behind a legacy and and being impactful do you do you when you think about doing that do you want to be impactful to everybody like if you could would you want your stuff to be impactful to everybody or do you care less about that and it's just like whoever it can impact it can impact yeah i think there was a time where i probably thought man i just want to be the most important person who's ever lived like i want everyone to think that i'm like great but i mean it's it's not practical like it's it, it really isn't practical for me to have that idea i think just whoever i can have any impact on is a win for me of some kind like it, it feels good to me if i can have any impact on somebody um even if it's not much of an impact it's something and i think you could say the same thing about every every artist out there every person who's ever aspired to do something there's always been they've always had like some sort of a following but i mean the beatles were the most famous successful rock band of all time but plenty of people hated them and still hate them to yeah. be honest even like like genres of I, I honestly think music is a great way to look at it because there's people who don't even like appreciate genres of music at all like it means nothing to them so i think you can only just win over who you can win over in anything and so you you try to keep that in mind in a, in yeah. a day-to-day basis i feel like i do but now I, okay, but now i'm kind of curious on this topic because I, I don't guess i don't know how you how do you think about this because when you were doing music were you just like, I want everyone to love all of my music? Or, like, nowadays, when you release a song, what, what goes, are you trying to win over, like, like does, it, does it mean any more or less than to you when you win over someone who maybe likes all of your music in general? Or let's say someone who's, like, a metalhead, and they actually heard one of your songs, and they're like, wow, I really like this. Like, does that mean more to you than just the person who always appreciates your music? Or how do you think about it? I, I don't really think about it that specifically uh, I, I don't uh, it doesn't really matter like whether whether you normally would like my kind of music or not and then if you do it's more special if you wouldn't typically like I don't really even think about it that way for me it's just as many people as as I can reach uh, I would like to you know, and I don't know what that number is. I don't. Uh, I I don't even I think have a specific idea of what that could be or would be. Um, but I always kind of thought of, and I I still think. I, I think that music was so important to me because, for a lot of people, music can be like a vessel for getting to growing within yourself and evolving and, and learning things about life, uh, and having an emotional connection to this art form. And I, I wanted to be, I still do want to be that person for, or or that I want my music, my art to be that for others as well. And, um, and so it, it, it doesn't really matter. Like for instance, we have Samantha in in the chat right now she 
she typically likes metal music, but there are a couple songs of mine that, that she likes. And I, I love that she likes some of my music, but it's not like that's more important to me than, let's say, uh, Slice of Rage, who is another fan of the show, who really supports I mean, both of our art uh, very purely and whatever. Like, it means it means the same to me that both of them even would care to listen. Um, and in terms of, I guess, to, to wrap this into, like, the idea of, of being important, I think that I've at least tried to put it less on, like, I'm the important thing and more on, like, my art is what, like, separate from me. I actually listened to this. I can't remember what I was listening to. I think it was The Breakfast Club, and they were talking about, it was Trevor Noah. He was talking about how part of the problem with politics nowadays is that people, they sign up for people rather than the policies. And so rather than paying attention to what the policies are and if those policies line up with what we think the best America would be or something, you pay attention to, oh, I love Bernie Sanders. And then if Bernie Sanders does something wrong, instead of still focusing on the policies, we say, well, that's Bernie. He couldn't do that. And, and we can't we can't separate those things. So I kind of want, I would like to, I guess, be my influence be instead of it being you focus on me because honestly I've I've had a really hard time like thinking that just me personally has uh something of significance just within myself but the things that I create I think you can find significance in um within yourself and so I would want the art to be what moves you uh, rather than like me being the vessel, so, if that makes sense. It was kind of why I went back when I was pursuing music. I was originally Brandon Flippin, and then I changed to The Restless because I wanted to take it away from, oh, there's another solo artist that's doing this. Um, let's focus on the music and, and the, the group. What does the you know that mean? I do find it very interesting that you say there's no difference in the type of person that you went over because I guess I kind of feel like I, I don't know what that says about me that there probably are instances where I like when I can win over someone who it seems like I would never win them over like I, I do feel like there is something maybe that is just a competitive thing in me though like maybe there is no actual like sensible reason why I am that way maybe it shouldn't make any difference well and I don't know that 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 me saying that is entirely true like that when I'm speaking to you logically that's what I I believe and I think but that that doesn't mean like let's say in a relationship aspect if there's a person that I'm like really into and they don't like me Mm -hmm. like I think a lot of times we like what we can't have so that chase of like turning them around and getting them to be into us like, mm-hmm. is, is that more meaningful than a person who just immediately reciprocates something that I might feel or likes me right away and, you know, I have to turn around to that or whatever? I, I, I don't know that it's a perfect um, – I don't know that I'm always uh, true to that statement, but I think in general, um, especially when it comes to my art, it, it, I think that it's – to me, it's um, it almost I think is a waste of time to like focus on 
the kind of people like it, it's not like you want to know your demographic and who you're trying to hit but to to spend all this time trying to change people's minds to like like your art uh it some part of me is like how much effort and energy should i be putting into that like if you're gonna like it give it a shot if you don't that's that's totally up to you i I don't i'm not gonna spend all this time trying to please a person who isn't pleased by my shit that that is a good point you could definitely find yourself spinning your wheels if if artists were always trying to win over the people who didn't like what they were doing then then it feels like it would come to a certain point where what you're doing might actually be dis, disinde- disingenuous at a certain point if you yeah. just keep trying to do that over and over again absolutely and i i think that uh whether you know it or not you know there might be some subconscious things going on that take you away from being who you are in order to to get them on your side and then it's like well what was what was all this for like was this for you want your specific art to be moving and impactful or do you just want specific people to like your art and so your art is fragile and is able to be changed uh, in order to please those people and that i mean that can go for relationships as well is it is it important to really find a person who truly likes you who the way that you are or is it just like i kind of like this person so i'm going to shift a little bit of who i am in order yeah, to get that, them. that will not last right we've definitely talked about that before but it's not sustainable i was in a relationship like that i feel like once where we both tried to change ourselves a little bit to make the other person be more comfortable like with the relationship and i feel like it's a waste of time well and it's it won't inter- last it's not sustainable yeah and it's interesting too because i think sometimes even if we don't have to do that i think because we want to please somebody or uh, like, like I think it's a good intention sometimes where you're just like, I want to make this person happy. And so we tell ourselves that we need to be a certain person for somebody uh, in order to make them happy. But again, I like you said, I don't think it's sustainable. I think you, you've got to be uh, the, the most honest form of who you are. And hopefully that ends up pleasing them or uh, you get that reciprocation. Um because then you don't have to you don't have to keep wearing this mask in order to to keep the relationship uh going um and on this topic of relationships you know we talked about the significance aspect what what does a being a significant person to your quote-unquote significant other mean to you like what's the standard for that how how do you know that somebody finds you significant when you're in a relationship well i part of it i think is I, and I think it's been a super valuable shout out to the love languages episode that we did episode 41 I think maybe you're pretty good with numbers let's check it. <laughs> I think it's 41 but I might be wrong now I'm really curious if I was right or not let's go um, episode what are you thinking love languages 41 look at this there guy there we go <laughs> there we go on the live stream the other day i was listing off my like half mile times in third grade my mile time in fourth grade and i was like why do i remember all of these things <laughs> yeah it was uh um so yeah so basically that love languages test though it, it ended up being really valuable because i think that this is not something that applies in every single situation. I think everybody wants it a little bit differently to feel significant to that person. So for example, I was mind blown. Like I'm still mind blown that anyone's would be receiving gifts like that. That would be 
a way that somebody would feel loved because to me that always felt so superficial and that always felt like just I don't know it just feels icky to me but apparently that's a love language and I think that I actually might know someone whose love language might have been that and maybe I just didn't know it and um like for me for example just to, I, I think this might clear it up mine are quality time and words of affirmation so basically it, I feel significant if somebody could do something but instead they take time out of their day to spend that time with me so maybe it's oh go and, and take this with a grain of salt because there's obviously this this could be taken the wrong way but it's like oh they could hang out with their friends or they can hang out with me and like they might choose me not to say that I want that to happen every time because then, then you're becoming a controlling person but some of those times where they make time for you it does it feels kind of good or maybe like if they invite you to hang out with your friends like even that can be quality time in a certain sense rather than just not hanging out with you at all and then words of affirmation if someone you know tells me the reasons why they like me or the things that they appreciate about me i like that a lot like just simple just little simple compliments that make me excited to be with that person so that's how i feel significant when i get that and i think that if you if you take the love languages test, I think it gives you a good idea as to maybe what what does make you feel significant. It like puts into words how you feel. Well, this is a really good tie-in to the question that you asked earlier of, okay, so let's say that the person that you're with does not have the same love languages as you. So it's unnatural for them to give you quality time because they don't that's not what they this feel is a good love. <laughs> do you do you find them if they give you that? Do you find it to be more significant than a person whose love language is quality time, so it comes easier to them? Well, I think you've definitely got the potential to have a, a very poor relationship. Like it, it's it's possible if you have vastly different love languages and you cannot come to an understanding of each other. So I, I think there's the potential, but to be completely honest. Before I took this test, I don't think I, as I said, I couldn't grasp this concept that anyone's would be receiving gifts or what's it, uh, acts of, what's it, acts yeah. of service? Acts of service, words of affirmation, physical touch, quality. Yeah, like time. some of that stuff I'm just blatantly bad at. <laughs> like, I just, I like, I can definitely be helpful to a certain, like, I'm not the most unhelpful person, but some of those things wouldn't even cross my mind. Those are things I need to work on. I'm not going to deny that they're not things I can work on. But sometimes, it, it, I'd say if you can have good communication, then I think you can get around this. Because once you have good communication, then you can sort of have a compromise in there and maybe have an understanding of, okay, maybe they're not going to give all of this, but like they have the right intentions with what they are doing. And I, I feel like that's the important part. It's when there's no communication at all, there's no understanding at all, and then it's just a disaster, I feel like. Well, okay, so now let's flip the script. Let's flip the perspective here. So what about, like, you doing something, like you doing an act of service? Is that more significant? So let's say that your partner, their top two were quality time and acts of service. Would it be to you, if you're the person doing it, do you think you're showing more significance to this person or that they mean more to you if you do an act of service for them, something that's more unnatural for you or something you're not good at or something that you are good at and that you love as well quality time (laughs) 
I mean, you're putting more <laughs> effort probably into the acts of service one. So does that mean it's also more significant? Why, why don't you go ahead and answer this one? <laughs> um, you got this figured out. I mean, if I, I almost feel like you have to say yeah. I, I mean, it's it's tough to measure these things. It's not like, well, this rate ranks a number nine out of ten on the <laughs> on the significant measurement scale. You know, uh, so it, it's tough to necessarily think. But like anything that you put more energy into a lot of times you're going to feel more rewarded from at the end because you, you worked hard for that thing or you put a lot into it. But I'm also wondering how sustainable is that if, if that takes a lot more energy or effort because it's not natural. Because the idea of the love languages specifically isn't that you have to be with somebody who has the same love languages as you. And I actually spoke to someone about this recently who was like, I need someone to have the same love languages as me. And I was like, well... I mean, if you want that, sure, but you don't technically need it as long as you're with a partner who is willing to uh, satisfy your love languages, then that's what really matters. But how sustainable is that if it takes more energy and effort to meet somebody at a love language that is more unnatural? So is that more significant, I guess? Uh, shoot. I guess I'll say <laughs> when, when, when it's flipped in the perspective of you giving something i think a lot of times the more energy or effort you put into things uh speaks to a higher level of significance like the reward is higher at the end of it and um it really shows your effort and and putting into things so i'll say i'll say yes i but i don't know that it's flipped which is the interesting part is like if i'm the person receiving something i don't necessarily think it hey, it would mean more to you to do something unnatural. Like, I almost would be like, I want you to be you. I, I want you to do mm -hmm. what you do. And and if I just get the full you, that's that means something to me. So it's it's interesting when you flip the perspective. So, what, I mean, what do you think? Well, I, I think my, my fear is people doing things that are just completely unnatural to the point where everything is forced. There's a fine line between someone actually changing a little bit like in a healthy manner and then somebody catering to a specific thing so if it can be done in a manner where it's very much natural gradual a compromise I, I think I think people can change a little bit on some things because I think one of the worst things that people do is that they just say I'm just not that person I just don't do that because you can yeah, it's, like it's people so can yeah, it's really lazy, and people do it all the time. They're like, <laughs> you see this all the time. Like, I've just done it this way my whole life. It's like, okay, well, how about you try doing something different? I don't know. Wear your hat backwards today. Maybe you've been wearing it for, wear, like, just, I, I really. <laughs> Can you just try wearing your hat backwards, please? Just one time try it for me. Okay, so, but, but the principle of it is this. The principle is there, which is. Stop being this person who says that you're just a certain way, you've always been that way, and you're never going to change. Times change. For example, right now, we are in the midst of a quarantine situation. It's not business as usual. It's just not. You can't do all the same stuff. Things change. And for some reason, 
Like, if you go through a breakup with someone, you can't just act like the breakup didn't happen. That's not how it works. Like, you can't just say, nope, this didn't happen. Like, can you imagine? You would seem crazy. You would seem crazy if someone said, hey, we're done. Like, nah, actually, you might think that, but nah, we're not, we're not done. We're, st- we're still together. So, I don't know. Everything in life has its ending. <laughs> I hate when you do this little smirk thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Brandon does this thing sometimes where he... <laughs> He has like a slight smirk when he knows that I'm 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 slipping with something. <laughs> whether whether I'm losing steam, whether like he it's like he gets a sense that I'm about to make a point that's gonna be unjustified in some way. <laughs> I still let you go. I still let you go. <laughs> it's such a condescending little smirk. Oh, it's the on. most condescending. It's like. It's yeah. It's literally just. It literally drives me nuts when you do that. Like, oh mm-hmm. man! But you you love you love to do it, and it gets me. I don't love time. to do it. I just do it because no, I'm just you, like, where's he going with? This? You do it because you love it. Dude, uh, you do it for the, for the love of the game. For dude. the love of the game, dude. <laughs> uh, really quick on this, um, I, I just want to say that when I I, I I we're using the love language as a specific example, but. I also don't think that when I'm thinking about the sustainability of doing something like, you know, making a little bit of a change to like, for instance, if your love language is not quality time saying, hey, I'm putting everything aside, I'm going to spend quality time with you. I don't think that we need that all the time. Like, I, I don't know if you agree, like, do you always need someone to give you quality time or are you okay with? I hey, mean, can, we, can we set a... Clearly I don't, because I've been single for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So you can still be happy if you're not getting that all the time. But as long as there is some effort every once in a while to be like, hey, can we can we sit down and just like be with each other? Th- yeah, this? like you get seven points every time you give me quality time. And like I'm adding all this stuff up in my head. I'm a big numbers guy. Everything, everything Brandon has done for our friendship, I've given a point association with it. And How every little points? smirk he does... Every smirk you do is minus 11. Oh, no. Wait, I get one point for something good, and I get minus 11 for a smirk? Yeah. I, I got to be in the negatives. <laughs> <laughs> no, surprisingly, you're in the positives. What, what's my score? Uh, dude, I can't tell you your score. You got to pay for your score. I got to pay for it? What I got to yeah, pay I'm, for? Yeah, I make money off this business. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, since we've been talking about relationship stuff, do you want to do our first segment? Let's Beautiful. go. All right. The is there a spark? This is where we, <laughs> we read off a list of people that are either fictional or celebrities. And uh, it can be a romantic spark, you know, real chemistry, or just would you get along with them um, in general. So the first one is Ray Skywalker. What, what do you think? I really enjoy the people you chose this time for this. <laughs> um, okay. So I'll be honest. Ray Skywalker, it's probably a no. She's just too she's like too awesome like everything she does she's just incredible at it and she reminds me too much of like that kid in school who got like every question right on the test and it was like the teacher's pet and also the valedictorian i just feel like she's too incredible but she is cute so i'd probably still You know what's funny about this Mary Sue argument is a, a lot of the there's a have you played the Force Unleashed or seen anybody play the Force Unleashed? No, I don't know what that is. Okay, so 
there's this character in it, uh, Star Killer, and he's like the strongest force user I've ever seen. Like he pulled down an entire Star Destroyer with the force, but nobody talks about him being a Mary. He's just he's insane. He kicked Darth Vader's ass in a fight. Now I don't think that he's canon anymore, but the same people who are like in love with that are also like, oh, Ray's too powerful. There's no reason she should be that powerful. And I get like he was <laughs> trained or whatever, but I don't know. It's just. I, I mean, I, I think, to be honest, I think I could probably get over a lot of the Ray things because she is pretty cool. She is definitely attractive. And I do like how she's got her shit together. So those are things I really like a lot. Yeah. Um, would I get along with Ray? I think I would. Um, I think that Ray and I would just be a perfect match, and that even Daisy Ridley, the actress, should just hit me up. My, my DMs are wide open for you, Daisy. Let's uh, let's fight the dark side together. Dude, yeah, yeah, I like that idea. Perfect. All right, next one, Michael Jordan. <laughs> okay, so I you know I've uh, I've been watching The Last Dance. I'm like I'm about halfway through the episodes, and uh, I think I think I'm super competitive. So when I see Michael Jordan, he's also super competitive. I feel like this would not end well. <laughs> like, I feel like it would drive me crazy to be was, I feel like he, he would push me. He'd push me to be successful. I think that would be the case, which would be great. But I feel like he doesn't have enough chill in him. Like I, I could definitely, I, I relate to him in certain ways, but I also think this man, he could chill a little bit more. He's like, yeah. That's what I got to say about it. Well, he's definitely put into question a lot of things psychologically for me. Um, and I think he's made me realize that I'm not I'm not as competitive as, like, I, I once thought I was. Because some of the things that he, like, pushes for, I'm, like, wondering, should, should he care about that? Like, in the grand scheme of things, does that actually fucking matter? And so I like I'm I even think about like is this what's going to hold me back in being successful in things? Like am I not competitive enough? Cuz there are some things that like do I need to manufacture this in order to be a a, a successful person in life? Um, cuz part of me is like like he has lived and breathed success. Like he if you want to look how to do it, I, I mean, he shows you how hard you need to work and like what that takes to be the greatest. Now he he also had the talent. It wasn't just hard work. Like he could jump out of the fucking gym, you know. Um, it's pretty good at putting balls in hoops. So, but part of me is like, do I need to? Is this more of a mental? Like, do I need to just want to be the absolute best? Like, part of me, like I've never been a person that's like I want to be the best musician of all time. I, I, that that doesn't matter to me. Like I want to impact people, and I want to write music that means something to me. But do I need that competitive edge? And so I guess in the state that I'm at right now, I'm questioning a lot of things and wondering if I need to reshape how I approach things. But in this current state that I've been in, I don't think him and I would get along because I think <laughs> some of the things that he really cares about, I have a hard time thinking they matter. He's definitely extremely petty, but I feel like in certain ways I can be petty about things. So yeah, 
I could relate to that part of it. Um, all right, next one. So this is kind of a two-parter. So Will Smith in real life, and then because I know you're a huge fan of <laughs> the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Will in that show. Well, Will on that show, he is one of my favorite characters in anything, if not literally my favorite character. He was, like, a huge inspiration. That show and watching his character, like, made me want to do acting because I just – I love the aesthetic – I loved how that show just made life feel like, like we all take it so seriously, but on that show, everything's just kind of a goofy joke, and Will's just sort of that character that's like, everyone's taking everything so serious, nothing matters, he's just like this free-spirited goofball, and yet you can still see how he just gets by with his charm, and uh, I tried a similar approach in high school to get by with my charm, and it it fell flat, (laughs) so I think I could... uh, I think him from the show though it, it'd be a good pair because I could have I could have learned a lot from him. Now Will Smith in real life, I actually I like him because I like how he's he's adapted to things. Like he started a YouTube channel. He is kind of he's like kind of cool with the like the newer people who came up through social media. So yeah, I just I just generally like Will Smith. So I think so. Yeah, I to be honest, I don't really know the the Fresh Prince of Bel Air show that well Dude, you're missing out so i, I can't <laughs> i can't uh i mean d- does he go through an evolution in that show because i think he's pretty much a delinquent in the beginning isn't he isn't he like always messing yeah. around and stuff yeah i mean he, he definitely he evolves over time but he's always kind of just the same light-hearted goofball the whole time yeah uh i mean we all know how goofy i am so it's i feel like you get two goofballs <laughs> A couple of goofs. A couple of goofs. um, I think we'd be cool. And then Will Smith in real life. I would like to see a uh, Michael Jordan-esque documentary about his life just to see how – because I feel like he's so driven and, like, inspiring. And I love hearing him talk about things. I I feel like he'd be a person I would really want to pay attention to and and pick his brain on the the psychological aspects of pursuing life to the fullest – or trying to live life to the fullest. So I, I think I'd get along with him really well. Yeah, and, he, and, he, and even just a side, a side note, I love documentaries. Like, I love seeing any any person who who's really successful, they're inspiring to me. Like, for my YouTube channel, documentaries are as much of a in, influence as almost anything on my channel. So if that's the case, have you uh, watched the Tiger King documentary? Not yet. I will, <laughs> yeah, though. Get the fuck out of <laughs> Uh, I will though. I gotta, you know, I gotta figure out. I gotta get into character. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> next one is Addison Ray, big TikTok star. You didn't really know her uh, before I shot her to you today, but uh, what, what do you think? Um, how old is this girl? Nineteen. Ooh, that's pretty young. She's perfect for you. <laughs> that's pretty young. Um. I mean, she's definitely cute. Uh, I mean, I in my my brief time of just going through her TikToks right before this, she just makes pretty basic TikToks of what I would guess of some girl who's 19 who's got 40 million followers would have. But they're fine. She's cute. I give her a shot. <laughs> you give her a shot. Well, let me, let me ask you just really quick. Do you think that you could be with, like, like let's say you got really successful. Do you think you could... How how would you feel about being with a TikTok star? 
Like, would you like? Oh, I don't know if I want to do that. It kind of seems like I mean, it just based on your facial expression. <laughs> I, I mean, I think I can get over. I think I get over a lot of things. Okay. I, I, I get over it. It's fine. You get over it. Yeah. yeah uh, yeah. She's really pretty. I mean, she's really young, but uh, I think we'd at the very least get along. I don't see any reason why. She, she. I haven't heard her spout any hate speech or anything, so. I think uh, I think it'd be fine. I do think realistically, though, being with a nineteen-year-old at my age would be uh, kind of tough, just in terms of like. You like younger. I, I, <laughs> why do you always say that? <laughs> you, are, <laughs> Brandon's always trying to make me look bad on this show. Oh my gosh, dude, that's funny you say that. I actually feel like I feel like I like older, probably if anything. Yeah. Because I'm so mature. It's the only way I can really do it. Totally, dude. You're so mature. I'm so mature. I'm the mature one of the pie. Brandon's the, the goofy guy. I'm the mature guy. All right, last one. Natalie, David Dobrik's assistant. What What do you think? I don't... Okay. I'm very, like, attracted to her in terms of, like, how she looks and kind of how she acts, but I don't find her to be that interesting. Okay. What? what so, do you, you don't find her to be interesting? Why? I don't know. I don't know what it is. She's never... I mean, she... Yeah, I don't really know. Uh, we don't really know, like, that much about her. She's kind of quiet. I, I think I kind of like that she's quiet, though. <laughs> yeah, so you don't like your women talking. <laughs> 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 you are... You're ruining the show for me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, would I get along with Natalie? I think I would. She's so... Dude, 100%. She's 100%. You and Natalie are meant for each other. Yeah, we're meant for each other. I'm endorsing it. Natalie, hit me up. DMs are open. I've got 8,000-something followers. I used to have 10,000, and I've lost over 1,000. <laughs> That's probably the reason why. <laughs> Which one of us is more likely to slide into someone's DMs? Let us know. Anyone who's listening, who do we think? Who do we think? What, what do, do you think? think? <laughs> oh, Jinx, dude. Dude, Jinx, you owe me a soda, dude. <laughs> Don't ever do that ever again. <laughs> oh, never man. do that again. We're just not going to answer this. I think that's fine. You go first. No, you no. Dude, you were in a Kent State hat. You have to go first. <laughs> Dude, good observation. You didn't actually know that though. I told you. But I know Dude, now. What a great knowledge what a great is place. power. Power is knowledge. Knowledge. Is power. <laughs> wow. So we're not going to answer you, it. <laughs> nah, nah. All right. <laughs> Let's leave everyone hanging on this. <laughs> you guys let us know. Write us at EMGPod is our Instagram. And, uh, yeah, let us know. I'm curious what people think. I'm, I'm always interested in what... Because here's the thing. I, I, sometimes I don't even want to care about people's opinions, but I'm, like, generally just interested in their opinions. Like, I just, like, I find it to be interesting what people's perceptions are sometimes. Because... There's been some instances where I'm like, really? I was perceived like that? I wouldn't ever see that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What was I going to ask? Something really smart. It was really smart. Oh, um, well, in terms of, like, your – how people might perceive you, I, I guess – actually, this is more of how you perceive yourself. Do you think of yourself as a good person? Uh, well, it's interesting that you asked me that question because I got asked that question for my uh, 
2,000 subscriber Q&A. So do I want to answer that here or on that video? Uh, well, two separate audiences, dude. Nobody, two separate audiences. Nobody I'll, give you, I'll give you a bit of a sneak peek. I won't go and elaborate too much on it, but I've, I've mostly always thought that I was a good person. I don't always like myself. Like, I make the distinction there. Um, I think, like, at my heart, they, like, the decisions that I make are very empathetic and for the most part, and uh, I think I'm a good person. What? I feel dumb to say that, though, because it seems like, oh, of course you think you're a good person. What's, I mean, what are your standards for being, is, is empathy your standard for being a good person, or, I mean, what do you, how, how do this you... Is, this is such a deep question to try to answer briefly, but I think, uh, I think I'm a good person because I don't always... I don't know, I, I, this is so tough because I think part of it is if you make decisions that, that you're not just thinking about yourself. Like, I'm not a narcissist, so I definitely think about other people. I mean, I mean, I think a good example, I feel like giving examples is probably easier than to try to explain this, but right now there's a pandemic outside. So I think a good person thing to do is, like, I'm keeping the interests in the people in mind. So I'm not putting myself in situations that put other people at risk. So I've mostly stayed inside, or when I am outside, I wear a mask. I keep my distance from people. I care about like the greater good of the people more than just if I want to be able to hang out with my friends for a little bit. Like right now, I recognize there are bigger things than me, and I feel like that awareness and that awareness carries over to other situations where I won't do something for my benefit to harm other people. Like that, that normally that is how I will operate in situations. So I feel like. If you looked at a track record of my life from doing the right thing, like admitting to my mistakes, like saying I'm sorry, like doing, when I do something wrong, I'm there to recognize it and to fix it. And to try to prevent things from happening when I can. Okay. So I, that's part of it. Obviously, there's a lot that goes into it, but that's some of the first things that come to mind. Yeah. Well, I, I'm curious, like how much of the... So, you know, going back to your narcissist thing. So let's say that a narcissist, uh, you know, people like that a lot of times can be really successful because they they put themselves first and they, they really think about themselves. So let's say a narcissist is a business owner and becomes really uh, financially wealthy and then they use that wealth to donate to charity. And even though maybe part of the reason they're doing that is for a tax write-off. They're still putting their money in into charity to help people. Do you think that their intent matters or do you think what they're actually doing is what, what truly matters? That's, that is the hardest question I think to answer in all this because people do stuff all the time where, I mean, I, I sometimes think that celebrities or anybody, I don't even, they don't have to be a celebrity, but anyone who has like, millions and billions of dollars i sometimes just think like that might just be unethical to have that much money because if you really think about it you don't need that much in this world to like get by but yet like some people they have so much i I don't i don't know that i fully believe that but like that thought crosses my mind sometimes that it might actually just be you're a bad person if you think that you should spend like if you think you should have you personally should have a fifty thousand square foot house and like that's just an okay thing. 
a little part of me sometimes thinks like that may just not be a good person to think that that's an okay thing. So I think there's just, I don't know that I would completely own that statement because I don't know that I fully believe that because I think you're entitled to certain things if you've worked hard, but I don't know because I don't think you need that. So it, it's, it's just, there's so many factors that go into it, but yeah, if you do a good thing for the attention of doing a good thing, that's not a good thing. Like that's, that's a good thing done, but not in good intention. So it's a partially a good thing and it's partially not a good thing. So I, I definitely, I think this is a really tough one. I, I, almost everything is black, is not black and white as we've talked about, but this is a really tough one to, to classify and categorize, especially because there are so many things like there's politics, there's religion, so many things that play a role in how everyone else even perceives what being a good person is. And there's not many like standardized things that we can all agree on. There are some for sure. But even that is not always agreed upon. Well, I think it's it's tough, too, because I think it's... Uh, I think a lot of times your character can be determined by the type of situation that you're in. Um, and, you know, for the, the narcissist, if they somehow, you know, maybe... Like for a narcissist who was in a position where they didn't have wealth how many good things would they be doing? Probably not a lot because they wouldn't then have the means to, to put that into action. Um, so I think you could probably say, well, place these people in different situations and how good of a person would their actions truly show? Um, but I guess it just, <laughs> this is, this is the tough thing, like philosophically that I, I ask myself is like, yeah, but that's all hypothetical. At the end of the day, isn't it what actually happens that matters? And and so, like like me, who might be a person who who sits and thinks about these things and is like hard on myself and it feels guilty about stuff and like I, I truly want to do good things, but let's say that that's about as as big as it ever goes. Like I don't, maybe I don't ever really do anything with that desire because I just am constantly you know living paycheck to paycheck and and uh just kind of floating through life until i die is my life as quote-unquote good as a person who maybe is a shitty person in their intent but they took some of their wealth and built a school in africa you know i i mean the actions this is such a difficult question to answer i feel like we even we even did a whole episode, I feel like. Didn't we do an episode? It's like, aren't, are you a good person? Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is generally one of the most difficult things to talk about because it's so hard to agree upon anything because, like, there, there's intent. Like, intent does matter in these situations. Like, if you just... Because bad people do good things, good people do bad things. So it doesn't just make you... You aren't just one thing that you do. You're sort of a, a combination of all of them. So unless yeah. you somehow took a specific statement and associated it, like, or a, spe- a specific act and you associate it with, like, a point total, there's no way you can you could figure out, like, who's actually a good person because it's, it's ambiguous. Well, and, like, when you get into measuring what a good person is, like, what a good person to me is going to be different from you, and there mm-hmm. are also different societal standards. So when we talk about in general, obviously it's, 
that that's kind of a that you can't really answer that question because different societies have different uh, standards to live by and different cultures and whatnot. Uh, but then when it comes, that's kind of why I started the question is, do you think you are a good person? And yeah. because then it's, then it, the focus isn't like, well, how am I to society? Does society value me as a good person? Or is it just specifically, do I think of myself as a good person? Yeah, I mean, I think if you if you asked people, I think most people would tell you that I was a good person. But I don't actually know that. I think that. <laughs> but then again, even in that statement, if you asked the wrong people, they might be like, no, that guy's a dick. Right. <laughs> like, if there was one time where they only came across me one time, I was having a bad day. Like, who knows? Maybe I did seem like a jerk that day. And then they might think, actually, he's a bad guy. Like... That's so tough. And you've had, like, horrible people in prison right now did so many good things before they went to prison or before the thing that put them into prison. And they're not, if you're in prison, you are not just a, uh, you're not just a bad person. You did a bad thing. That's how you got into prison. But I can't just say that you are a bad person for sure because you're in prison. You could be wrongfully in prison. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many things that go into it. Yeah. It's tough. Dude, good topic, though. I'm glad that we got into this one again because this is uh, another good one. Something a little more lighthearted. Uh, I don't have one, but I was just thinking that we could talk about something more lighthearted. Like, it could be anything. Do you, do you want to do the Spotify segment? Yeah, let's do, let's do the Spotify segment. That's a good lighthearted. That's nice and lighthearted. It's talking the most lighthearted. Talking about some tunes. We got some tunes. Let's talk up about in some here. tunes. All right. So uh, just for context, this is a segment where Stephen and I pick a song for each other. We each listen to the songs that the other picked, and then we answer three questions based off our listening experience. I think I went first last time. I think that's accurate. So you go first this time. Okay. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I did uh, Trust Me by The Fray. This is one of the few times that I've actually heard this song before, though I will actually be honest and tell you that this song in particular, I don't remember, where where is this on the album? Do you remember where it falls? It's the last song of the first album. Ah, it's the last song. Ah, okay. I've definitely heard this song before, but I definitely didn't get to it as often because the front of the album has a lot of, like, the hit songs, and then... Uh, Heaven Forbid is like close to this song, right? Like it's like a couple uh, before or something. I think Heaven Forbid is six, and then I think Look After You is, is really? seven. Yeah, because the last three songs, I think, or last four songs are uh, Vienna, Dead ah, yeah, Wrong, yeah. Little House, and then Trust Me. Yeah, so, so what's interesting is I actually, I feel like people, I don't really talk about this very often because it just doesn't ever get brought up, but I actually really like this album by The Fray. And I like a lot of Fray songs because I was introduced to them in middle school. Um, The first song I ever heard by them was actually uh, Over My Head, but I didn't even really like that song the first time I heard it. Um, What I really, that got me into The Fray was actually How to Save a Life. I heard that song and I actually had this album because of that because I liked it and I heard some more songs and I really enjoyed it so what stood out to me about the song is that I don't remember it even though I had that album 
So I had to like really think back if I was just forgetting about it. But what stands out to me is it's not very, unlike some other phrase songs, it doesn't have like a bigger chorus. Like it's a little more, the song's a little bit more subdued. And I, I'm not surprised to, I'm not surprised that this is a song that would be, you'd be drawn to because as you've talked about before, earlier on in your songwriting, you tended to lean towards bigger choruses as a way to sort of like, showcase like if to you something felt bigger if you could be bigger during the chorus but then as you grew as a songwriter you kind of talked about where you never you didn't feel that that was always the need and maybe that might take away from the song a little bit so this kind of has a vibe of as your sound has matured it kind of feels like this is more in your wheelhouse is something that you would listen to so um that stood out to me about the song how does the song make you feel it's a little, as I said, it's a little bit more subdued. It's not as, like, it, it doesn't feel as big. It feels more, like, reflective, like a, more of a, like a look back. And as a last song, I feel like a lot of times you get sort of these reflecting back songs. And it, it sort of, it takes you on, like, a nostalgic trip. Like, when I heard this, even though I, had, I don't rem- recall this song a lot, one, just hearing his voice is very nostalgic because it does take me back to a simpler time, especially at a time like this. But it definitely, it definitely makes me, it definitely just makes me feel nostalgic. It's not, I guess, a little bit sad. It makes me feel a little bit sad uh, in a sense of looking back. Um, Thumbs up, thumbs down, or somewhere in between. For a song on that album, I would probably give it somewhere in between, but I still really like it, and that I love that album. So, uh, I'd still overall give it a thumbs up. Dope. Yeah, that was. Uh, they have a version. So they also released a live album, uh, live at Electric City, and they they end the um, the concert with this one. And I just love even like the music that they kind of they do kind of an interlude of music leading into the beginning of the song. I love the percussion in this song, just the the kind of groove that it gives. And I, you're definitely... It's interesting because even before I had developed this desire to, to, uh, to, to write songs that didn't necessarily need this, this huge chorus or this, this big uplift thing, um, I always liked this song for some reason. Like, I always... Like, when I first got the album, this was one of my favorite songs out the album. And... Um, it is. It is. It definitely does give this feeling of uh, being a little more reflective. I mean, I think all their music. Part of the reason why I like them is their. The, I feel like there's that substance of reflection and, and introspection. But uh, but yeah, I love this song a lot. Um, and I I thought when I picked it, I thought maybe you would had heard this song, but because it was the last song on the album, I thought even if he had heard it, I wonder if I can get away with. Him. Yeah, you, you you could definitely get away with this. I, I mean, it, it definitely was kind of a risk because I've heard that album a lot of times. Yeah. And I oftentimes, when I get a new album, I, a lot of times I'd skip to the last song because I like the reflective songs. So it's not uncommon for me to do that. But in this particular case, I don't remember doing that. I almost p- picked, I think, their most one of their most recent songs um, just to see what you thought about like the Ooh. new sound, but I, I decided. I, I would be this. intrigued and see what I would think of their new sound. Well, maybe I'll do that next week. Two weeks in a row, <laughs> the Frey so. songs, dude. <laughs> Could be nice. Could be nice. <laughs> all right. You had me do six by All That Remains. 
Um, what stood out to you about this? <laughs> Steven already knows I didn't like this. <laughs> um, what stood out to me is this is kind of one of those songs. There are some songs that like almost the entire song I don't really like that much, but there's like one specific part that I'll endure the rest of the song to get to. And this kind of has that, but it has like a pocket of it. So it like, it kind of sounds like uh, an intro to an anime or like a Dynasty Warriors theme song in the beginning with that the, the metal. So, <laughs> and then you get to about like 130, 135 or something, and then, and then it breaks down and you just hear that guitar riff. I, literally, metal has some of the best guitar riffs that I've like I've ever heard. I, I'm I really and I that makes me think like no wonder you like guitar solos because I think. I think uh, metal has some of these riffs that are like super catchy and just especially the the contrast from like the the intensity with the the percussion and uh, the hardcore uh, like uh, guitar leading into like the more smooth guitar with a, a specific riff and stuff. And then what I will say is even when it goes back into the intensity, the fact that they use that same guitar riff and then they just kind of like add some intensity to the tone of the guitar but with that same riff i do like that but it's tough for me because so how does the song make you feel i looked up the lyrics and i actually really relate to these lyrics like they actually (laughs) remind me of a song that i wrote that has been unreleased um you know the song please don't leave me i feel like it has a similar vibe problem is i can't understand what he's saying because he's growling and i don't really feel like connected to it like i feel like i have to get past the growling to hear the song almost and so it's like i i I look at the song lyrics and i'm like oh this song has a really good meaning and stuff but it just doesn't i don't get connected to it with with the way that it's um executed basically it's like the the intent behind it and the thought behind it i appreciate but the execution of it is what with this kind of music i typically don't don't like as much um and so would i give it a thumbs up thumbs down or somewhere in between i'll do somewhere in between just because there are the, there are those redeeming qualities about like that pocket where the the riff comes in and then the usage of that riff in the 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 latter half of the song where it gets intense again and then i also i really like the lyrics just kind of about this like free me of this burden of of you this person that i cared about that i don't that isn't part of my life anymore like you're you are weighing on my soul like let me go um and that that uh the heaviness of that message i i definitely really get into uh so I'll, I'll put it somewhere in between i'm actually i'm surprised i didn't put this song on here earlier but the reason why i chose this one this was actually in guitar hero 2 and this was the first time i ever heard this song and th- this is the first time i heard a song that was this heavy so this is maybe i was like 14 maybe uh this is the first time i ever heard a song that was this heavy that i was like i love this song like it just it was it kept being stuck in my head. There's like all these different parts, like the guitar parts that just incredible drumming in the beginning. And then obviously when it slows down, it's like, no, 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 no. And then it gets really slow and you can hear like the acoustic guitar. I was, I was just, 
I had never heard a song like this before, and it just made me rethink everything I was listening to because it just it felt so big. Like the song was just huge when I heard it, and I didn't know that I could like. I didn't really listen to almost any like screaming in songs or anything, and then I heard this song and I was like, I didn't think I would like this, but I absolutely loved it the first time I heard it, and like to this day, I I this was like my, this is like the song that got me into heavier music. Like this is literally. Back uh, when I was 14, this is like what pushed me to that whole thing. And though it's rare for me to find songs that are like that heavy that I listen to a lot, it, I mean, there are some, there's a lot now because of this one. Okay. And I actually like that whole album that that song is on too. It's pretty solid. I respect it, man. I, I, I also just love hearing your I love hearing your thoughts on some of these <laughs> I love how There's some songs like that you have heard now Like I can refer to a song and be like Hey you know Six where it does this one part You can be like okay I know what you're talking about Yeah, I actually like that a lot Yeah it is pretty cool And I, it also is just cool to like Hear different perspectives On on music I think Yeah I mean, I guess I don't know the the perspective of our listeners what what it's like to hear us talk about these and then go listen to these, but uh, we definitely have different. We have some. Sometimes our our tastes line up. Um, the fray is an example of one. Yeah, and uh, and then when you have like situations like these where it's like, uh, sorry, dude, I can't get into this. It's, <laughs> it's just kind of funny to to experience that, but dope. So you wanted to keep people posted on what you've been up to uh yeah just uh i I don't know if we talked about this last time but um real briefly it looks like there is a chance that this state will open up um soon so that means that there's an actual opportunity to make content together potentially as soon as next month which would be really exciting because obviously we've made content this way just through uh, whatever, through Zoom, <laughs> through the internet. <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that will change things quite a bit. And um, I'm really excited to actually go out and start doing some things again. I've like walked around, but that's about it. No content outside. And you'll notice in some of my recent YouTube videos that I got some different colors that are going to be in my backgrounds because I got some led lights and i'm just gonna continuously add more stuff to the channel so yeah dope i'm really liking the colored lights i'm and i know you said you were kind of fooling around with that so i'm excited to see just yeah you'll see a lot more like in your face the next few videos be a lot more in your face with it but i like it i also just like I, I like the whole color aesthetic of having these bright thumbnails and then having like the bright color backgrounds cool well, you can expect the same old, same old from my channel. No different lighting. <laughs> well, same, same brick wall in the background. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm same guy, different day. Maybe you're same guy, same wall. <laughs> uh, no, don't don't try so, to give me your titles. All right, dude. I don't want to. I'm, I'm I'm giving you same guy, brick wall. Same same guy, same brick wall. Same guy, same brick wall. That's same brick, different day. Same. <laughs> yeah. Same same dick, different. Brick. Wait, same brick, same you're, dick. Nope, you're taking us off the rails. Same guy, same dick, same brick. Same, you gotta edit all this same out city. Now. <laughs> well, awesome. We made it to the end of the episode. Good job, guys. Everybody, 
all around. Yeah, <laughs> thank you to everyone who joined us doing it live, which is worth mentioning. We've now been recording these live over on our YouTube channel, which, you know, we used to do this on Twitch or on Instagram, but now we are doing them live on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Everything must go podcast. Do it. Get us, uh, get us to that 100 mark. We would love to, to, to be there. Um, if you have any thoughts, comments, questions on this episode, we did have a couple uh, deep discussions about significance and the kind of person uh, that we are. are. Are we good or bad people? Um, so if you have any thoughts on that stuff, feel free to email us, emgpod at gmail.com. Or you can call us 513-427-EMG5. Again, that's 513-427-EMG5. And uh, we'll try to respond to, to what you got to say on the next uh, next show. You can also DM us on Instagram or Twitter at EMGpod. Or if you want to hit one of us up individually, Stephen is at Stephen Russell B. I am at Brandon J. Flippin. Uh, but that's that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> you're so close oh dude i'm so close dude uh yeah that's about it thank you for listening and we'll see you next time take it easy Holding on to-